Son, where'd you find this?
to build a wall. <coughs> oh, shit. Hey, man. Jersey, Judah. Wednesday night, middle of the week. I'm glad this week is almost done and over with. Um, it's six on the dot. It's actually 5.59 p.m. And I am here with the nighttime episode. I am back with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. So I did everything that I was said. I, I did everything that I said I was going to do earlier. Uh, first of all, we did like a two hour and 45 minute episode just for the hell of it. Um, and I said that, you know, if I was able to get everything knocked out and, you know, be in my vehicle by six o'clock, I'll be able to do a regular episode. So I think we're just going to do a regular episode. Not sure if we're going to hit two hours. Definitely still some things that I got to do at the job. Y'all already know. Uh, But we got we got episode nevertheless. But before we jump over to the topics and the videos and uh, I mean, technically, we got two videos to get into, but there's a possibility of another one. Oh, wait a second. Let me see if I still have that video. Um, Yeah, we definitely still got to go over that. (coughs) Let me see if I still have it. Um, No, no. There's no way that I deleted it. Okay, yo. So I don't know who did this shit, but it's a video called... Industry full of lames, 50 years a slave. You know, that's the, uh, you know, for hip hop, 50 years of hip hop, you know, crazy shit. Uh, We got Cat Williams uh, talking about Kevin Hart. We got the Eyes Wide Shut and the Rothschilds party that inspired it. Or that at least inspired the masquerade party. And we got industry full of lames, man. Um, something that was mentioned that was kind of funny to me was that like the celebrities, it's like, it's kind of like the Thanos snap for celebrities in Hollyweird. Like these Hollyweirdos is like one Thanos snap away from the wake up call. You know, the wake up call is when you back to square one. Nobody really thinks about this shit, right? But think. Like even if you're a celebrity and you take a loss and you got you you really can't go back to regular work. You see what I mean? Like you can, but would you? Could you? One of those situations, man, but um, you know, a lot of Holly weird a, ho- a, a lot of Holly weirdos are out here running amok. This could be Holly Weirdo Wednesday. Holly Weirdo Wednesday. How about that? <laughs> anyway, um, just that thought. So all these people 
it's like now uh, we'll, we'll get into this shit later on. But I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about something earlier that I didn't get a chance to talk about, or I want to talk about something now that I didn't get a chance to talk about earlier, and that is the social and spiritual arc of men. Social and spiritual arc, right? A social arc can be going to a new school. A social arc could be um, learning a new hobby in which that hobby, um, you know, brings you around different people and people you learn from and people that learn from you. Spiritual arc is you finally figuring out your purpose. That's the spiritual arc. The social arc and the spiritual arc usually don't go together because in a lot of ways, in order to be spiritual, you almost have to distance yourself from those who are just social. Anybody can go on social media and talk about they're about to change and, you know, they're about, you know, action and taking action. But, you know, until there's actual action, verbs rather than words, it's just social. You know, a person who really is going to change himself from the inside, he's not going to make that announcement. He, he doesn't have to make that announcement. You just don't see these people for a while, right? You don't hear from them. You know. But we working. <laughs> we doing the damn thing. We don't, we don't need to be the center of attention all the time. We not like bitches. We don't need to be on social media 24 fucking 7, 365. You dig? So, when you see a lot of this shit going on in Hollywood, this is all just the social arc. This is where now people are talking about the issue. You know, people are talking about the possible perversions that's going on behind the scenes. The casting couches. A lot of homoerotic activity. A lot of dress wearing, a lot of skirts are being worn by men. A lot of purses are being carried by men. But it's not until the people decide, hey, we're not going to support this shit. That's going to become the spiritual arc. Right now, this is just the social arc. We're talking about Diddy. We're talking about all these people doing all types of crazy shit. But as I pointed it out before... You know, people have been talking about Diddy and people have been talking about these highly weird parties for many moons. But now, ever since Cassie's uh, situation took place, everybody's paying attention. Everybody got their eyes open, right? But not their third eye. Everybody got two eyes open, but not the third eye. Once that third eye is open, you're not going to be paying attention to the victims anymore. You're going to be paying attention to these celebrities and you're going to go, well, if Diddy was really known for doing all this crazy shit, if Diddy was really known for having all these types of freak offs and doing all types of crazy shit, who else is involved? There's a lot of celebrities who are silent. Like I said, man, niggas is one Thanos snap away 
from careers being ruined. I mean, Diddy's career is essentially ruined. I mean, we can all we can all come to that agreement, correct? But that's just the beginning. That's just the social arc. You know, look at think about all the people he did dirty on the business scene. All things within the darkness comes to the light eventually. And this may be, you know, from the, the darkness to the light, right? Things from the dark, that's a spiritual arc. That's the revelation, right? That's 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 the revealing of the truth. You know what I'm saying? That's a spiritual arc. But all the conversations about what Hollywood uh, artist is doing this and doing that, this is all social. So we're going to have a very social episode with that being said. We starting off with a bang. Do I want to start with Cat Williams? Yeah, we're going to start with Cat Williams, man. He has uh, a couple of things to say. A couple of things were said about uh, Kevin Hart by Cat Williams. Let's find out what it's all about. You know what I mean? Then we'll get into the eyes wide shut and that Rothschild's party that inspired the theme of Eyes Wide Shut, the Masquerade Party, which in return inspired Diddy with the freak-offs to conceal everybody's identity. Plus, Cassie doesn't know what the sex workers look like. I mean, there's a lot of strategy, excuse me, a lot of strategy being put into that. Uh, without further ado, man, let's get this shit cracking. Kevin doesn't have to worry about what people are going to say about him wearing a dress because of the long line of dress wearing people before him. Definitely haven't ran in to put on the dress. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you have to have you have to have boundaries. You have to have limits that you refuse to cross. Wow, wow, wow. I, I don't think anyone saw this one coming. Cat Williams is finally setting the record straight. And by the way, that, uh, <coughs> that last little skit you heard, that was literally... Uh, Kevin Hart, what a dress on on Saturday Night Live. Let's keep going. On his longstanding feud with Kevin Hart, and it looks like Kat's main issue is Kevin selling out his soul for fame. Let's not talk about Kevin Hart no more. But y'all get me riled up when I go over somewhere and go to jail for knocking the soul out of his brain. Kat's beef with Kevin stretches back years, and Kat previously hinted that Kevin sold his soul by stepping over his principles to get to that next level of fame. And while Kevin fired back, accusing Kat of blaming Hollywood for his personal issues, Kat refused to back down, and he's now setting the record straight on why he... Doesn't that sound like such a PC thing to say from Kevin Hart, right? Well, yeah, man, you blaming Hollywood for your situation and your circumstances. You mean after he pointed out the Hollywood parties? I don't know if Kevin Hart realized what was going on, but yeah, um, yeah, Cat Williams was pointing out the Hollywood parties, the sex parties that was going on in Hollywood. And um, because of that, it was said that Cat Williams was kind of marked. He was blackballed, if you will. A lot of this can be proven through the activities and the things that went on after this took place, right? But what happened after? Well, you have the issue with Cat Williams and Target. Then you have an issue with Cat Williams uh, having problems with uh, they trying to take his children away or some shit like that. 
Then you had an issue with uh, Cat Williams um, getting in a fight with like a 15 or a 16 year old. I mean, there was a lot of crazy shit that went on. And TMZ and all these other people, they were quick to throw third. They were quick to throw the third. They were trying to bury Cat Williams and all the shenanigans. Meanwhile, Kevin Hart talking about he has to protect the brand and he would never see himself wearing a dress because that would damage his image. Saturday Night Live was like, guess what, Negro? Put on this dress. And he put that dress on and he did that comedy sketch. And his career went up since then. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm lying. Thinks Kevin will literally do anything for success. So what exactly did Kat say about Kevin selling his soul? Let's break it down. For the last few years, like Kevin been pretending like he been world touring. That been world touring. That been everywhere but here. Kevin Hart often brags about being the hardest working comedian out there. His Twitter bio reads, my name is Kevin Hart and I work hard. That pretty much sums me up. Everybody wants to be famous, but nobody wants to do the work. But there are a lot of people who feel like Kevin's success isn't only down to hard work. And one of these people is Cat Williams, who previously hinted that Kevin sold his soul to people who control the entertainment industry. To give you some context, there's this long-standing rumor in Hollywood that black male entertainers are pressured into wearing a dress on screen before they're allowed to progress to the next level of fame. Multiple comedians have openly talked about this. <coughs> Not just Cat Williams, but also Dave Chappelle. During his 2006 appearance on The Oprah Show, Dave talked about why... And by the way, when Dave Chappelle talked about wearing the dresses, he talked about that to the wrong person. Now, if this was Arsenio Hall, if this was George Lopez when he had the show, it'd be a different situation, right? They would understand, like, yeah, you know, that's that's weird. I do notice that, right? Like, Arsenio Hall would go, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you know what? That, yeah, 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 you know what? That That's, but... Oprah, no, Oprah is a part of the sisterhood. This millionaire, she another Holly weirdo. She another one of those people, you know, asking asking hardworking men, hardworking American citizens who work for a living to donate money for her cause in Maui. This is the billionaire. So you see all these, these prominent people, man, it ain't no different. It don't matter what race they are. They're sellouts, period. He turned down a $50 million deal from Comedy Central, and he said he did it because he knew that kind of money comes with certain conditions. I've been in show business since I was 14, and uh, I've heard the stories mm -hmm. of what happens, and I've seen these kinds of things play out in front of me. Okay. When, I saw when you say you heard the stories, what do you mean? What stories? I mean, you see it before. Look, Mariah Carey made a $100 million deal. And three months later, she's all of a sudden mysteriously crazy. Martin Lawrence punches through and he's waving a gun on the streets. Well, you know, Mariah Carey was married to Tommy Mottola. Martin Lawrence put on a dress to play Big Mama. I'm just saying. Freeman, they're trying to kill me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we hear those stories. And it always happens around the time of their career with it. Seems as though they're crossing over the next plateau. Yeah, yeah. Dave explained that he was being pushed to create sketches that were intended to make people laugh at him and not with him. And he felt like they were asking him to humiliate himself for a check. Yeah, but humiliation. But that's not all. He also yeah, yeah. Another, another amazing ritual 
And, you know, this may be spookish for a lot of people. Y'all may not know what I'm talking about, but eventually you'll know. They have what is called the humiliation ritual. Okay. Now, Freddie P from making the band, when everybody from making a band had to walk to Brooklyn to get um, to get Diddy cheesecake. Okay. That's a humiliation ritual. It was on camera, too. And it's supposed to show Diddy that, okay, these these guys and these women, they're desperate. Okay, we got them. Realistically, anybody, like, I think I think Ness was one of the people that was like, man, fuck this. This shit is stupid. This shit is crazy, man. This don't make any sense. You know? And he was like, hey, what does this have to do with getting a record deal? What does this got to do with making money, making records? And if you think about it, when it comes to somebody who's a control freak like Diddy, who I assume to be a control freak, let me just say that. I don't know the man personally. <clears throat> it has everything to do with being signed because it shows Diddy how desperate you are to get that fame, to get that check, to get that record deal. So the humiliation ritual... And look, I'll go even far as to say this. Um, Will Smith, Will the Will Smith and Chris Rock situation could be a, a humiliation ritual for both people. It's a humiliation ritual for Chris Rock, obviously, because he got smacked in the face national television. But it ultimately became, and I've said it before, Chris Rock literally got the last laugh because he took that situation and and made a stand-up routine from it, and it became successful. You still have Will Smith today recovering from the simping and pretty much blatant cuckoldry of Jada Pickett. It's a humiliation ritual, right? You know, it's like, well, how much, how much do you want to be famous, right? And I think it's like the casting couch is the same vibe, right? Like, how, how famous do you want to be? Oh, I'll do anything. I do anything just to be on television. And a guy goes, anything? And he unzippers his pants. I mean, this is, this is, this is how deep it gets. Called being asked to wear a dress for a movie he did with Martin Lawrence. Like, when I connect dots that maybe shouldn't be connected, I don't know. But certain guys, like when I see that they put every black man in the movies in a dress at some point in their career, I'll be connecting them down like, wow, these brothers gotta wear a dress. This happened to me. I'm doing a movie with Martin. Yeah. The movie's going good. So I walk in a trailer. I'm like, man, this must be the wrong trailer because there's a dress in here. Even after Dave said that he felt the dress was unnecessary for the scene, the producers kept pressuring him and claimed that all the greats did it. They come in. Start now, what's interesting about this is I never put two and two together. He's doing a movie, right? He's doing a movie with Martin Lawrence. Lauren, Ma uh, Lauren Lawrence. I said Lauren Lawrence. Martin Lawrence starred in what movie? What movie? What, what's the movie called? Where he's wearing a dress and he puts on the fat suit and acts like a woman. Big Mama's House. <laughs> So think about it. 
writer comes in. I think he's a writer. He's like, Dave, listen, you got this hilarious scene where Martin's sneaking out of jail. So he disguises you as a prostitute. <laughs> and he put this dress on. And, huh? What? This prostitute? Nah, I'm not doing that. I don't feel comfortable with that. That should have been in a discussion. What? You don't feel comfortable with it. I mean, it's a hilarious bit. All the greats have done it. So, well, if all the greats have done it, it's kind of hacky, right? You're right. So why don't we just not do it? Because I don't feel comfortable wearing a dress. Oh, come on, Dave. Listen, we, we got it all set up. We're supposed to shoot. Every every minute you waste costs this much money. You know, the pressure comes in. According to Dave, the producers had two versions of the scene ready in case he refused to put on a dress. Damn. And they only left him alone once they realized they couldn't wear him down. Now, to, <clears throat> now just to briefly go over that. Now, this was a test. Some would say, oh, well, this could be a test. In a sense where, well, they had a script for him already. But if he were to wear that dress, right? If he were to put that dress on, he would have pretty much been set. He pretty much been good. He'd have probably got another movie. He probably would have started a movie. But because he didn't participate in the rituals, he didn't want to play ball. They was like, okay, well, here's your script. And he probably never called him again. Producers comes, come on, David, would be so great. I mean, and then I started thinking about it. All the comics that I've seen, man, you know, strong brothers, why, why are they putting us in these dresses? But the minute it was clear, I was adamant, I'm not wearing a dress, I'm not wearing the dress. All right, fine, think of something else. That comes back 10 minutes later, the whole new scene, how, damn, how did you write the scene so fast? Mm. By the way, Dave also explained that it's not the dress itself that's humiliating, and this is more about celebs being pushed to see if they're willing to do whatever they're told. Now, if you're wondering what all this has to do with Kevin Hart, well, back in 2012, Kevin was asked to comment on Dave's claims that black entertainers are pressured into wearing dresses. Kevin laughed off Dave's comments, and though he didn't explicitly say he would never put on a dress for a role, he did say he would never step over his personal boundaries. Dave Chappelle, another great comedian, said that, you know, in the industry, they tried to make him wear a dress. Have you ever ran into that with, with scripts and... and is that something that, you know, you wouldn't do, you know, for... Uh, I definitely haven't ran into to put it on the dress. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you have to have, you have to have boundaries. You have to have limits that you refuse to cross. Uh, you know, for me, I know what they are. Uh, they've yet to be challenged. So, you know, I don't have to speak on them. I was asked to dribble a basketball on the talk show this morning. Like, you said no to that. Like, <laughs> not that that was a dress, but I was like, no, I'm going to look stupid. So at the end of the day, you got to know that you're a brand. I'm yeah. a brand. Here we go. Uh, you need to protect your Now, if y'all remember me, I brought this up before. He's a brand, right? Now, hopefully they bring up what he did later on brand at all times when things happen that can possibly affect your brand your your brand can be diminished and, and you don't you don't want that to happen so you know protecting my brand is is definitely a priority but just a year later kevin appeared in an snl skit wearing a dress what about that accused him of being a sellout that's it that's it 
That's verified, dude. And this is what happened when these Negroes forget who's paying them. I'm going to tell you that straight up. This is when these Negroes forget who's paying them. It's like, hey, man. Uh, hey, Kevin, uh, we want to talk to you for a minute. All right. Yeah, cool. What's up? What's going on? What's going on, man? What's up? What's going on? Hey, uh, we heard that interview you did with that one guy. Um, forgot his name. Yeah, that, that one guy y'all did uh, the interview. You know, about the brand and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. You liked it? Oh, yeah. We uh, we liked it, all right. Um, listen, um, you're going to do what we say when we say it, all right? If we want you to wear a dress, then you're going to wear a dress, nigga. Matter of fact, we got a gig for you. Uh, Saturday Night Live. How about that? Oh, well, all right. Well, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, this scene, you know, one of the skits that we have for you, uh, you're wearing a dress, nigga. And that's how that worked. He sold out. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's pretty much what he said to himself. Well, here goes nothing. New Pope is nine-year-old <coughs> Oscar nominee, Convention A. Wallace. African-American, the first female and first child Pope. And it's not that Kevin wasn't successful before this skit. However, he certainly wasn't filling out stadiums and getting leading roles in big budget productions. Of course, this could all just be a coincidence and many fans believe that the whole dress thing is just another conspiracy theory. However, if you ask Cat Williams, right. all conspiracies come from somewhere. There aren't that many conspiracy theories anymore because we found out that all conspiracy theories, there's a nugget of truth in there. It came from somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's where it became a theory. And then it progressed to the point where it became a conspiracy theory. Mm. because there was something there. Now, when it comes to Kevin's SNL skit, Pat was actually asked to comment on this, and he claimed this is much bigger than Kevin, adding that it was simply his turn. At the end of the day, Kevin doesn't have to worry about what people are going to say about him wearing a dress because of the long line of dress-wearing people before him. So now <laughs> we have Big Mama's house one, two, and three. Bingo. I've never seen... Bingo. Shout out to Cat Williams, man. You got to be able to point that out. You know, I may be a Martin Lawrence fan, but I'm not going to deny the fact that, yeah, this nigga wore a dress. Hey, we talked about billionaires earlier. Who's the billionaire uh, black man that wears a dress? Uh, what's his name? Oh, that's right. Tyler Perry, a.k.a. Medea. But it's still a conspiracy theory, though, right? Right. In Medea in a pantsuit. I think she wears dresses. So now I'm saying, why are we picking on poor little Kevin Hart? Because it was his turn next. And while Kat went pretty easy on Kevin and didn't directly bash him, he hinted that comedians like himself and Dave Chappelle can never be as big as Kevin because they refuse to join the higher-ups who run the industry. Some of us are against the Illuminati, and we are against the Illuminati at our own detriment. When people are against the Illuminati, then they get punched in the face all the time. The press hates them. And let me ask y'all a question, right? Because I've, I've said this before. Before any of these celebrities and entertainers use the term Illuminati or 
explained any type of secret cabal, secret society. Everybody who used the term was considered crazy. Everybody that used the term were considered crazy, unhinged. Oh, you're one of those conspiracy theorists? Ugh. People like, I mentioned before in a previous episode, Alex Jones. Well, he, this guy's a conspiracy theorist. Oh, all right. Fox News, Tucker Carlson, a couple other people now stamp this nigga. Before he was crazy, before he was a conspiracy theorist, now the predictions of 9-11, the predictions of COVID-19, the predictions of mass mandations because of it. Now people are all looking at um, Alex Jones as a goat. This nigga's a goat. Like this nigga's, he low-key predicted everything and he was right. So there is something to be said when... Cat Williams explains sort of Kevin Hart's turn. It was his turn. He was chosen. And yeah, it he could have been chosen for his hard work. That could have been a part of it without a doubt. Like, I'm not saying that that's not, that wouldn't be the case, but there was something else. He was willing to go to distance. He was willing to put on that dress. He was willing to perform the rituals. Nobody likes him. End quote. We all love Dave Chappelle. Exactly. Dave Chappelle has never been a part of the Illuminati. They don't want him or me or people like us. Um, But now it's not uh, necessary for us to store up that hornet's nest unless we intend to get stung a million times. I didn't understand that. They had to sting me a million times. I'm still not going to join. But Kevin's profile in Hollywood continued to rise. Cat was shunned over his highly publicized run-ins with the law. Yep. And the tabloids did their best to paint him as crazy. Bingo. And then in 2018, Cat's feud with Kevin was reignited again. And Cat made some comments about Tiffany Haddish and seemingly downplayed her success. She's been doing comedy since she was 16. You can't tell me your favorite Tiffany Haddish joke. Why? Because she ain't done a tour yet. Mm -hmm. She ain't done a special. She has not proven the ability to tell jokes back to back for an hour to nobody. And they already ready to download. And and where is Tiffany Haddish now, right? Didn't she like, didn't she like fucking fall out, crash out over something? I mean, I know we know of her drinking habits. I know she has like several DUIs and shit like that. I never, I never seen one thing about her comedy. I've never, I can't tell you if she's funny or not. I only know the negative of her because that's the only thing that people bring up. She's one of those people. So it's like, you know, of course, a Cat Williams saying that, of course, that's going to put Cat Williams in the hater category. Oh, you're just a hater and this and that. But hey, if that's how he feels, that's how he feels. Neek and up somebody who has showed them Girls Trip. Did you think she wrote Girls Trip goofball? 
Right. Or do you think that was already a script and they handed it to her? Kat also suggested that a number of black female comedians who are more talented than Tiffany were never offered the same opportunities. Uh-oh. And he implied that Tiffany made it big because she caters to white audiences. Mm. She passed 46 female Ooh. black comedians that I know personally that I put on tour mm. who have a hard time getting a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A after they headline seven shows at a club for 2500 a week. But people so, like real, I'm, and that's why they that like what they, they like? They love real. Oh, because everybody's real then, so don't trip. No, no, t- they like Wherever Tiffany Wherever you Hattish at, under the sound of my voice, real. do you have a real co-worker? Right. Do you have a ratchet friend? Do you have a sister? Do you have a cousin? Do you have a nephew? Do you have a niece? Is they so ghetto? When did that become marketable? Knock it off. They like her because she want to sleep with a white man. That's why the only thing she said was, I want to give it to Brad Pitt. These comments trick. Damn. Well, if that's what it is, then that's what it is. If that's what it, I, and, and even outside of that, because I don't really play the colorism shit. Even if she was a, a a black woman who who liked white men, I mean that really doesn't have much to do with it. It's what she's willing to do for the white men. You know what I mean? See these fucking worthless idiot fucking part timers that don't do shit, sit back and complain all goddamn day. Bunch of fucking pathetic low lives. Anyway, it's it's always it's always that. When it comes to females, I mean, like, I hate to say it, like the casting couch, the women that you see who are successful, especially in the music industry. I mean, do you think they really got to where they were at strictly based on talent or in some cases based on talent at all? Kevin, and during his appearance on The Breakfast Club, he slammed Kat for blaming Hollywood instead of taking accountability for his substance issues. My frustration with Cat Williams comes from, you keep pointing at Hollywood. Hollywood this, the white man, this, this, and this. When do you take responsibility for your actions? You had the shot. You didn't show up to work. You f***ed off promo shoots. You became a risk to the studios, which is why the studios stopped with you. Why was he a risk? Now that, to me, sounds like a rat. That sounds like a snitch. That's like that sounds like somebody who sat back for days, even I was going to say hours who sat back for days just coming up with that. Right, because to know so much about a celebrity, especially if you're somebody like Kevin Hart, with which you're doing movies left and right, like you shouldn't even give a fuck about what these niggas say or what these niggas is doing. And I think some people like myself, well, a lot of people like myself who are like Cat Williams fans, they'll say it straight up like, yo, like Kevin Hart's okay. Like he's all right, but he's not, he ain't really holding much weight um, to Cat Williams on a, on a, on a comedian level. Fuck the fame. Like, yeah, this dude can do a bunch of movies. How many serious roles is Cat Williams? I mean, how many how many serious roles is Kevin Hart doing? When he's just not known as the short black man in movies that is essentially laughed at. Let's be real. He chose drugs. Oh, okay. Take responsibility 
for what you chose and say, you know what? I got to fix me and I'm going to come back and I'm going to stand up for comedy. Meanwhile, rumors popped up that Kat and Kevin could do a versus battle. But when Kat was asked about this, he said battling someone like Kevin would be like cheating. Immediately beefing is my life. It's almost cheating for me. I have over 10 specials, so I don't have to pick but two jokes from each special, and I've already deaded anybody whose last name ain't prior. Pat has also always Damn. maintained that he never used any drugs besides weed, so he later hopped on IG Live to address Kevin's comments and threatened Kevin for lying. So why he wasn't there and off making 85 million? He said, I don't mind a million dollars a month and keeping my soul. That hit different. Kevin will do anything for a check. And he said the main difference between him and Kevin is that he refuses to sell his soul. And as long as Richard Pryor was there to be the king of comedy and a crackhead, they're going to continue to say maybe I am. But again, I urge you, if there's a drug you can do that'll get you Cat Williams level, then shoot should OD on it tonight. has since stopped addressing Kat in public, Kat was recently again asked about his comments on doing a versus battle with Kevin. And though Kat didn't bash Kevin this time, he did imply that the narrative Kevin tried to push on The Breakfast Club was false because he never blamed Hollywood for his lack of mainstream success. Kat explained that if he didn't go mainstream like Kevin, it was only because he made that choice and refused to sell out. I'm going to say a couple of things. Some of them might be controversial, but it needs to be said. When Cat Williams went on stage that night and exposed what went on at one of those Hollywood parties he was at, the doors began closing for Cat Williams. <clears throat> I would go as far as saying that if this Negro did that stand-up special and never mentioned that Hollywood party, he would be beyond where Kevin Hart is at. Now, granted, he would have still had to do the rituals or have some type of sacrifice. You know how these niggas get down. They had to do something crazy. But tr trust and believe, when Cat Williams said what he said about the Hollywood parties, that was when he was blackballed. And notice, and, and I'm going to give y'all just a perfect example on the opposite end. When when. Kevin Hart put on that dress in SNL, how many movie deals did he get after? We talk about movies on the side of uh, Steve Harvey, right? Movies, movies, in, movies besides, uh, beside uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Classics. Soon as Kevin Hart put that dress on. My brilliance is the stupidity to stay in that same conversation <laughs> and to not use any filters. Like um, it had to be a choice 
20 years ago that I'm not going to wear makeup or get Botox, even though I know them things will make me look better, but I don't really want to look better. What I want is I want the Cat Williams that you see in the movie. I want that to be the same dude you see at the gas station. According to Cat, he never claimed he was blackballed, and he was simply making a point that you can either stand by your principles or sell out. I, I heard a comedian say, yeah, but you see Cat Williams ain't selling soap or diapers or none of that, because they think like I've been blackballed and I, I'm not, I don't do sponsorships or endorsements because I'm black. It's not, it's not really about being blackballed from sponsorship and blackballed from doing shows. It's being blackballed from the silver screen. It's being blackballed from movies and, and, and like sort of the, the headline shit. So people are right. Like, yo, Cat Williams definitely got blackballed from Hollywood. Did he get blackballed from selling selling out shows and doing what the fuck he got to do when he got back on his feet? No, he went right back to grinding. Well, but the truth is, in 20 years, I've never been on a commercial audition in my life. Like, I never let my tour get sponsored when I was broke or now. Like, I don't take free clothes. Like, I dress myself. Like, I don't have a stylist. Like, my point is, I, I can't win over there because I don't play. I don't participate. Like, you can't buy me, not because I'm not for sale. You can't buy me because I'm not in the store. Now, as for fans, it seems most of them are taking Kat's side in this beef. However, Kevin Hart is not without his supporters, and they're accusing Kat of being bitter. One fan said that the only reason why Kevin Hart came for Kat the way he did is because he knows that he did a lot of things to get to the top, and he didn't just do it with hard work alone. However, another person fired back saying, Kevin is right. Kat ruined his career with drugs in jail. He's playing the victim when he ruined himself. But let's hear your thoughts on this beef. Are you Team Cat or Team Kevin? And do you think Kevin really sold his soul for fame? Comment down below and don't. All right. Um, I think <clears throat> a lot of things that people say, they kind of add their own meaning to it. So somebody who goes and quote unquote sells their soul it's the idea that Satan is supposed to rise up from hell and have a contract in which you sign away. As soon as you sign it, everything that you want comes to you, right? This, this is people. This is what people actually believe. The idea of selling your soul is giving up your essence of who you are. And you are letting another entity, you are letting a company, you are letting a corporation control what you do and how you do it. It is no longer you doing things for you. It's now you doing things for the corporation. It's you doing things for the record deal. It's you doing things to stay afloat. The conspiracy behind it all is the things that you have to do in order to maintain the money rather than you just signing your name in blood, right? So... And it's some crazy shit because like this, this goes into like, like, you know, the sacrifice and shit. You got to give up. You have to give up a loved one. You got to do this and that. And then there's sort of the like moist part of it where it's like you got to give up some ass. You know, guys is getting railed for a deal. Like a lot of a lot of this shit, I believe to an extent happens. It's not happening everywhere. But I do believe that 
in some situations, it happens more than often. Like I said before, when you have the women in the industry, what's the narrative for a woman in the industry? Get the bag. You know what I mean? Secure the bag. They willing to do anything, sleep with anybody to get that. You know what I mean? It's right in front of you. It's open. Right? All you got to do is acknowledge it. Well, yo, that's what it is. For the guys, it's more perverted because you're a man, right? If it's some attractive woman, imagine imagine a guy who's about to sign a record deal and an attractive woman goes, you got to sleep with me in order to get that record deal. The guy's going to be like, sure, no problem. <laughs> like, that's it, right? But if it's a guy, if the guy's a heterosexual and the motherfucking manager or the motherfucking A&R is a homosexual and he comes up and goes, hey, I'm going to have to fuck you in the ass in order to sign that contract. You're going to go, wait a minute. What the? What the? Why are you gay? Oh, wait, I got a question. Hold up. Are you a beta male? Beta! 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 Why are you gay? Shit. But this happens. The women get done... The women get done twice as bad because I hate to say it this way, but they have more holes. So they get done. They get done worse than the men. But then the perverted side of it is not the fact that the women are doing it. It's the women that already know what it's hitting for and they ready for it. Emotional damage. They ready for it. They ready for the parties, the initiation. They want the reality TV shows. They want it all. And they willing to do it all. Miss out on this next video. <clears throat> Despicable, man. Hello. All right, so now we're going to make this, uh, we're going to go through this. And then we're just going to go through, on the second part, we're going to go over this, uh, the entertainment shit, or the entertainers, or lames, or some shit. I forgot the, the live stream. But we're going to go through that after. But this is first, um, the Eyes Wide Shut, and the uh, Rothschild party that some would believe influenced Stanley Kubrick to create the masquerade and eyes wide shut movie in general. All right. So we're going to go through this briefly. After last week's video about the eyes wide shut mansion and its secrets, it seemed only right that I followed that up with a story about the strange Rothschild's mask party that happened back in 1972. You see the host and hostess pictured here because it's always being compared to the Eyes Wide Shut Mansion cult party. Let's see if there really are any similarities or connections. I guess we should start at the beginning here with the actual invitation to a very special costume party called the Surrealist Ball in December of 1972. If you look closely, you can see it's actually written backwards. Oh, Crazy, shit. but you needed a mirror to read it. 
and people had to come dressed formally and with surrealist masks or headgear. In case you didn't know, the surrealist theme was inspired by surrealist artists such as René Magritte, whose work is seen here, and Salvador Dali. Surrealism was a 20th century avant-garde art movement that sought creativity in the unconscious mind and dreams. Now, I'm sorry, this is the best pic I could find of the Chateau in France, where the Rothschilds party was held on that night. Oh, and it's shit. lit up with amber lights because the hostess, Marie-Hélène de Rothschild, wanted it to look like the house was on fire. This party is oh, already crazy before you even get in. Yeah, like, look, uh, that, that, like, bro, like right there, like niggas just shot out from that. From that. Like, yo, wait, what? People that don't understand Aleister Crowley and these Satanists and these Luciferians, they do things backwards. Some some of them spell backwards. They write backwards. Or, I hate to say it, y'all. Uh, some people know where I'm getting at. If you're Michael Jackson, you're walking backwards. The moonwalk. All right? So they they do a lot of things in reverse. They do a lot of they put a lot of things upside down. It's it's very cryptic. Inside. Now here is a pic of Mentmore Towers, where the Ice Wide Shut Mansion party was oh, filmed shit. and which was built for the Rothschilds in England. And you can see it's all lit up too, though it appears to be bathed in blue light instead of amber. But it's a striking similarity in my opinion. Both houses architecturally are a bit similar and both are lit up. Next, we can look at some of the masks that were worn at the Rothschild's party, including this stag's head with real diamond tears worn by the hostess. Oh shit. Damn, then there were more surrealist pieces like this obvious nod to Magritte. Here's Audrey Hepburn with a birdcage on her head. It's very similar to this Magritte painting. Now, most of the masks at this 1972 party are really more ornate than most of the masks that are in the Eyes Wide Shut party. And you'll notice that many of the people here still have their faces at least partially showing. Even in heavy makeup, you can still see them. Whereas in Eyes Wide Shut, the guests are really anonymous. You can see here that most of the guests in Eyes Wide Shut have their faces completely covered. You can't tell what they might be thinking. So as far as the masks are concerned, I don't really think there's a huge similarity between the two parties, just the fact that they both have masks. At Red Cloak's party, there seems to be a different purpose. Now, there is another odd connection between these Rothschild parties and Stanley Kubrick. And that has to do with another party the Rothschilds gave the year before in 1971 called the Proust Ball after the writer's 100th birthday. Elizabeth Taylor was there looking like a princess. This party was a bit more high fashion as opposed to surrealist. 
But another actress that was there was Marissa Berenson, who looked really amazing here. And if you didn't know, she actually starred in the Kubrick film Barry Lyndon as Lady Lyndon. So there's a direct connection here between the Rothschild parties Damn. and Stanley Kubrick Damn. as one of his lead actresses. Damn. Damn. Yo. Yo, that's crazy. You know, a lot of people said, of course, the death surrounding Stanley Kubrick had a lot to do with that movie. And there was a lot of things that I think there was like something something about like 15 to 20, 25 minutes of additional footage for Eyes Wide Shut that the people, whoever it was, told them that he had to get rid of it. Who knows who knows what the footage was? I felt that Eyes Wide Shut was kind of like one of those movies where it's like. Like very Twilight Zone-ish. Um, it could be something in a lot of ways that I would see Rod Serling do or a variation of what Rod Serling did before Stanley Kubrick. <coughs> um, especially uh, Pretty Faces. I think I think that's the name of uh, one of the Twilight Zone episodes, Pretty Faces, where this woman had to get constructive surgery in order to look normal, but then reality was everybody else was like alien looking and she looked normal and, you know, she had to get moved to, it's like, it's one of those type of shenanigans really with eyes wide shut. Um, but to know that one of the lead actors in another movie by Stanley Kubrick was going to these parties. I mean, that's, that's a little alarming. Maybe he even heard details. I don't know, but he would certainly have been aware of them. Another odd detail of the 1972 Rothschild party, and one you may not know, is there was actually a maze at this party. Yeah, I know. Shades of the Shining. Mm. I wasn't expecting that. And no, I haven't been able to find any pics of this maze at the party, but there are descriptions that state that you actually had to enter a maze before you got into the actual party. Oh, shit. And if you got lost, one of the staff, dressed as a cat, would help you get out. Then you got into the party. <laughs> this is an obvious connection to another Kubrick film, The Shining, wow. in which all of the main characters are inside a maze at some point and sometimes seem like they are lost in it. Well, to sum up, it seems there are some real connections between the Eyes Wide Shut party to the 1972 Rothschilds party, though I think there's a completely different purpose to Kubrick's mansion party. Both are held in large mansions that are lit up on the outside. Both involve masked people, and one of Kubrick's lead actresses actually went to these Rothschild parties. But the Kubrick Mansion Party involves a rather serious ritual. It has a different purpose. Well, I hope you enjoyed my new video. I'm looking to make something a bit different for Halloween coming up. Maybe a video on one of my favorite horror movies. And of course, I'm working on another Kubrick video. Oh, and here's a trivia question for you. 
Do you notice anything unusual about this table setting from the Rothschild? All right. So, um, weird shit, right? <coughs> We're just close to an hour right now. Um, there's a lot of connections with eyes wide shut. The reason why I went through that, believe it or not, is because Diddy, who would have the freak offs, who would have Cassie hire the male prostitutes, would have these men wear masks when they had the sexual encounters and, you know, when sexual activity was taking place, they were masked up. And, you know, Diddy would film it and masturbate. It was a very weird, you know, sort of thing. And it, when when they brought up the mask, it just made me think about Eyes Wide Shut. And in Eyes Wide Shut, they had some, like, satanic ritual. And it, it was crazy. It's, it's, it's a crazy movie. Um, but we're going to end this for segment one. All right. Stay tuned. Segment two is coming up. It's not even 7 p.m. yet. All right. So be right back to be continued. All right, man. Segment two. Um, I want to go through this uh, live stream. This is all mystery men, by the way. I don't know who these people are who are responsible for any of the videos. So I apologize right away. Um, this is some nigga shit. This is the middle of the week any fucking way. Um, this guy says, uh, the industry is full of lames. All right. So I, I'm trying to skip through sort of the introduction part until where this guy just goes in and it's a uh, underscore 50 years of slave hip hop revelations. Damn. Washed by a skinny fat Rick Ross. You know oh, you're damn. You can't even fight off a skinny fat Rick Ross. You can't even fight off Mr. Ed Eyes, Rick Ross. You can't even fight back. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I tell you all when we got started on Dark Crimes. We said this is a long walk. See, Sin and I, we play the Floyd Mayweather game. You know, it, it may not feel like Mike Tyson right out the gate, but it's a long walk. You walk your opponents down in the ring. We talked about this for a while, but get ready of the faceplate and the update of your media right now. And I'm going to tell you another side of the game that's going on, too. See, this is what happens when Judas, these are the reward for the Judases of the Negro community when it concerns uh, entertainment and art, especially uh, black artists, uh, knowing spiritually and historically what black artists have went through. You went into the one space where Negroes are connected to the divine, and that's being an artist. And you decide to play around in them spaces. Now, if you would have washed over some black accountants, look, I'm not for it. But, I mean, listen, there's a good chance they could recover. And there's a good chance that you could recover. But you went to the one space where you got Tomahawk Negroes hopping on one Tomahawk they Negroes. Talking to what the fuck is going on with these blacks? Seriously, what the fuck? Tomahawk Negroes? What is going on with the blacks? What the fuck is going on? Tomahawk Negroes. 
and it's and it's and it's always these like super these superstitious pro black burn sage uh take care of the community uh protect our queen type of hypocritical brothers these niggas be the most hypocritical out of all of them cuz they don't they don't want the reputation of being called pro black because they know that white people point out the hypocrisies of pro blacks white people with sense they point out the hypocrisies of pro blacks so they don't they don't look at these people as like reasonable people because in order for them to start their business they asking a white man for money but they pro black black on this black on that money being given to you by a white man right but you talking about you talking about the next negro this is all shuck and jive shit man shit's getting real this shit's getting real bad man their ancestors, some of their ancestors then died on the slave ship and said, little girl, we're going to give you this beautiful voice. Sing for us dead Negroes. And you go with it, you play in that space. Again, these white appointed czars of the Negro community white were appointed only czars. here. What's a czar? Their- Yo, he says czar like 12 times. Is that like some pro-black shit? He says Negro czars, white czars. Like, what's a czar? Can somebody, is there any one of you um, super duper pro blacks out there can let me know what a fucking czar is, please? One in check. I was really waiting for the white body count concerning handcuffing. That's what I was waiting oh, for. Oh, handcuffing. I was like, well, surely, you know, listen, Yo, if he threw Justin Bieber out the window. I mean, because, you know, Suge did hang Vanilla Ice out the window at the height of his career. Now, again, I am not in support of none of these czars. Not. I'm not in support of any of them. I think they all need to go. It's an industry full of lands, 50 years a slave. You don't own anything. We've had more people buffer, convince, move against put on the Kaepernick jersey, take it off, and take jobs more than any other situations concerning. And here's the most embarrassing thing about hip-hop. The most embarrassing thing about hip-hop is the level of its influence globally and you all own nothing. And I'm talking about these artists. And keep in mind what's happening right now. There's multiple things going on right now. There's multiple truths happening at once. There are real victims. There are people coming out there trying to scam the scammers, right? But here's the other side of it, too. Remember, Hollywood has been inept. Hollywood is dealing with AI. You had a bunch of artists selling their catalog left and right. And also, Hollywood has been dead for a long time. Now, what is really taking place on the other side of the victims, transits and things of that nature, and if you get over to B-Moore's Dummies Cauldron, not only the channel, but get over to our Patreon, and then you also hear Sincere Ignorance over there cracking codes, too. Here's the other side of it. Cracking codes. This is what you call a real gangster shakedown. Oh, God. This is a real gangster shakedown. This is what it is. This is a cookout. They're having light-skinned meat, Russell Simmons, and dark-skinned meat. Sean Puffy Combs. This nigga, and it's time this for nigga, them to... 
This nigga said handcuffy combs. Yo, this nigga's a piece of shit, yo. This nigga said, yo, this nigga said handcuffy combs. This guy is a piece of shit. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, that is fucking hilarious. Handcuffy combs, guys. My job today, they gave me they gave me a gift card, you know what I mean, for uh <laughs> for Wawa. So now I can get something to eat. <laughs> I I only had ten dollars to my name. And I got a gift card for Wawa. Luckily I go to Wawa anyway, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's hitting. You know what I mean? That was on point like a period. I'm hungry as fuck. It's it's 7.03 right now. I'm in this bitch for another three hours. I'm hungry as hell, man. Hungry as hell, man. Collect. They're getting Charlemagne right now. He can't even fight off a fat, skinny Rick Ross. Whoa. You can't get that guy about your face. Whoa. Y'all, Roastgate, you can't do nothing because guess what? That particular law that's right now messing up the game. Heating up. That particular law in California will not let up until the year 2026. So you know what that means? Damn. So the Survivors Act, I think he's saying the Survivors Act is coming in Cali, but it's going to be effective. It's going to be effective 2026. Right now it's 2023. New York got it, which is the reason why there's rumors of, you know, Jay-Z being mentioned in in this whole sort of weirdo list, allegedly. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things like in the the hip-hop world right now and, you know, New York, I mean, hip-hop. Come on now. There's a lot of women that's kind of speaking up now. And once that shit hits Cali, then it's going to be a different story. Then it's going to be more of the Hollywood and entertainers and directors going down. Everybody's going to have to get in line. Everybody's going to have to get in line. Jessica Reed, keep fighting right now. Don't give up. Everybody's going to have to keep fighting. And I want you all to keep watching. And I want you all to keep laughing. Because some people you all know then double-crossed everyone, stole ideas, then ran over there to the white black man. Uh-huh. L.A. Reid was all on Black Enterprise Magazine, the pillar of saints, black economics, a black man running his own industry, a black man running his own life. Russell Simmons, that's what I said. Russell Simmons don't tell me about Kimora Lee taking $800 million. Like I said, how much of the money did the Russell Simmons hustle card steal from black America? Christ, don't... <laughs> spiritual elevation. There you go. All right. I'm going to the comment section. Y'all leave your comments and any questions y'all want to ask. Y'all let me know too, by the way. Happy people says facts. They weird. I don't understand how people like them when their actions never match their words. Well, you know what? I get it. We always talk about the alchemy of art. That's why a lot of times they considered artists, particularly in Europe, you know, they consider damn near everything. They consider smelling too damn good witchcraft. All right. <laughs> but. Niggas is burnt, man. Artists. <coughs> one of the grand one of the grand sorcerers one of the grand warlocks the legendary Jay-Z Sean Carter Hole. Damn. you know when he used to have a gaff publicly and black America start chewing on the back of his neck damn 
he'll come out there immediately and he'll wave that one. Uh, what's free? What's free? I got the keys, 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 keys. And then you know Black America said, oh man, now I remember Sean, man, I knew I loved this bitch. You can't do that anymore when you're Diddy. As I said Damn. before, over and over, when you're not generating money for them, when you're not bringing in dollars, when you're not, when you are of no longer use as an influencer, as a a a a, a, a czar, <laughs> it is time down. to collect. If they cannot make the money czar. from you, bro, will- what the fuck is a czar? This nigga, this shit is fucking hilarious, bro. What is a czar? I know that has to be something bad. It has to be something terrible. Because it doesn't sound great. A czar. <laughs> Fuck. Make money off of you. When Michael Jackson, with all types of his plastic noses falling off. Oh, The shit. legendary king of pop. Oh. When Michael Jackson said, that's enough. No more. Right? You know how Michael said it. No more. He was like an angry Elmo. And it's guys like Tommy Matola. And I heard him call Irv Gotti a fat nigger. Are you beta male? Beta- huh? What? Michael Jackson said, When Michael Jackson said, You're not going to eat off of me, they said, Well, then we're going to make money destroying you. Now, Puff Daddy, on the other hand, has been a terrorist. Oh, shit. He's been a terrorist. And I only felt evil people or malicious, wielded people like Puff Daddy. We was on the phone, and again, I, I would love to reach back out to the brother. I hope he reached out to us somehow. But he worked with this. He worked with this. 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 He worked with this demon. Uh-huh. And before this thing happened with Cassie, he told us. He says, "Guys, Puff Daddy's crazy." I said, "Well, I mean, I guess so. You had uh, Kim Porter die. You had." Uh, like Rob died, and Damn. Rail died. Damn. You know, yeah, you had a lot of people die, right? I mean, that's a lot to take in. He says, no, 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 you're not, you're not allegedly, yes, thank you, Sam. Allegedly, he's, you know, wait. He says, look, I, he says, the guy's going through it right now. I says, I mean, okay. He says, you guys will see. Now, from other things that Sid and I observed, we said, well, look, we believe out of the Twin Dragons, the, the, the first one to take a knee like Kaepernick will be Puffy. Because, Eric, let's be... Twin Dragons. Yo, I'm... Yo, yo, what the fuck, bro? All right, so he refers to Twin Dragons as Sean P. Diddy Combs and Sean Jay-Z Carter, all right? That's what he calls the Twin Dragons. This nigga shot out. Be honest, everybody knows... P. Diddy or Puffy is a punk. Oh, he's shit. a punk. Oh, he's just a punk. And that's why I said it's an industry full of lames. All of the fly are superheroes are gone, or they went crazy. Lauren Hill is sounding like the Joker right now. All everybody that was fly and flashy and cool, they dead. Their they mules dead. on the wall, or they're talking crazy right now. Okay, let's see here. Journey to Jasmine. Shouts out to Journey to Jasmine. Always a strong supporter. Also, Metaphysics. Thank you. As you can see, Metaphysics has the, the TC badge. If you want your TC badge, you can hit us up. By the way, we'll tell you the charge rate, too. So, shouts out to Metaphysics. But I want to go back to Journey to Jasmine's 
statement. She says here, it's like people couldn't see the clear psyop. Of course. Now, somebody brought up something interesting on Twitter, now known as X. It said, it's funny how uh, Albie Short said Porter, Kim Porter, was running from the feds and then Ye accuses Puffy of being the feds. Mm. Simmons or Kamara Lee now, her house was blown up. Or yeah. was caught on fire. And hey, you see Russell Simmons coming out talking. Are you going to kill your own ex-wife and possibly your kids by accident? Allegedly, come on now. Yeah, I'm trying to see that earthworm face Negro. Oh, also, shit. I just wanted to park it real quick uh, since you brought up the badges. The badges are $50. You can buy a badge on Cash App or... You can go to Patreon, our fifty dollars tier, where you get all the. All right, we gonna we gonna skip that. All right, y- y- y'all can go without it. Y'all already cooking up. Like, why place that shit in the middle? Like, come on, man. One or you shoot him, <coughs> or y'all hurt Keith Lee. That's another individual too. Whoa. I didn't like how that go, but that's another story. Whoa! Because you notice this demonic industry has a problem with real men. It don't matter if you're Christian, Muslim. They have a problem with real men. Because it's a bunch of what? Industry lames that run everything. Mm. They're lames. They're lames. They're all lames. Man, if you can't if you can't even make it happen that you can afford Bentleys. I mean, you gotta what you gotta, you gotta crack a woman's jaw. Y'all over here, what's some Hannibal Lecter? Y'all biting women's Bam. nipples off and swallowing Bam. them with Chardonnay? Beta. What is going on here? And I believe Diddy. I believe Diddy did a lot of it because Diddy's nasty. We heard him be nasty on camera. So notice this industry has a problem with men. These are boys. This industry has a problem with men. So when Joey said D1 about to get his Christian ass shot, and I said, what you want to say? Yeah, before you get into that, I just want to say uh, Diddy did jump that choreographer. How the fuck uh, a well-renowned choreographer, a black woman who's worked with Prince, who's worked with Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, all these legends, how you allegedly jump her with other men? What the fuck? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. He was over there holding her down. Yeah, I know what's on the one that his face looked like sandpaper. Yo, stop. Yo. Yeah, she confirmed it. But the one, the nigga that in Bell Bib DeVoe, his face looked like sandpaper. Also, support us on Patreon. Walt Disney YouTube. Some of the some of the conversations that you all enjoy. You all, we're on Patreon. We're just on Patreon right now. We're working on our site. We'll let you know whatever. Alright, more the more these niggas bring up Patreon, the more I skip and through these niggas. Well, twigs and snapped over there. But all of this fighting against women and all of this stuff, and then it took one girl, Cassie, a, a girl that people consider her talentless. They said this this beige faced girl ain't got no skills. And it took one. I told y'all about that. If you're not spiritual, you cannot deal. You cannot deal if a woman's focused and she coming for that ass, nigga. And it took, she did something that Tupac didn't even get a chance to do. Damn. Good it point. It took one woman. Now, what he's saying makes a lot of sense because 
and I've said this before, before Cassie, would anything of Diddy pop up really out there like that? No. But it's the fact that Cassie's been around this man for a long period of time to where even the case, the 35-page documents, that shit wasn't even explaining. Bro, that shit wasn't even explaining 35% of what was going on. Think about all the shit that was left out just for Cassie to sort of play face and still kind of like nudge at Diddy a bit and go, hey, I can mention a hell of a lot more. For Diddy to just go overnight, hey, 30 to 50 million. Take that. (laughs) And that's it. Like this bodyguard, right? The bodyguard we talked about before, right? Diddy was like, hey, take that. You know what I mean? Gave him a little settlement. So now when he does interviews, he's the one. I forgot the dude's name. He's the one bodyguard that that actually <laughs> stands up for Diddy. It's crazy. Crazy. To dethrone this nigga Puffy. Puffy hiding. I want to get rid of these people because they're also backed by the Democrats. Okay. I mean, you saw what the Republicans did by calling Kodak Black our leader, the, the little nigga, back up in prison again. Oh, well. Allegedly, he's back out again. Niggas but in prison and public. A lot of these people try to put these handlers in position of power so we don't create for our own community. I mean, they even talking to Charles Barkley about um, foreign policy. What the fuck? We got to get rid of these black czars. Czars, what the fuck? We is gotta this? get rid of these black czars, but it took Cassie. Black czars, aka Honey. <coughs> it took Cassie to strike down the pimp, Puffy the pimp, Pimp Daddy, oh, Pimp sh- Diddy. Oh shit! What the fuck, Pimp Daddy? That's what this is about, Daddy. And it always show up on some Shiva energy. Fine. You didn't want to give her her career. And I don't know why people was talking about that with Cassie. I said, I mean, well, if you're going to do that in, in a level of basicness, as far as performances go, her and Puff Daddy are on the same level. Oh, shit. So what's the difference? And, she can't, and, she, and Diddy can't rap. I, and some people got, I said, Diddy is the worst rapper in hip hop. Damn. I said this years ago. He's the worst rapper in hip hop. Y'all can bring up Silk the Shocker all y'all want. Silk didn't sign no legendary artists and then steal shit from them. Every time you look up with Puff Daddy, let me tell you the reason why he's the worst of the talentless list in hip hop. It wasn't even that he was poo-shysty and unknown kind of average artist. Diddy was out here pimping and tricking out legends. There are uh, legends whose careers uh, have been snapped in half at the arc on some Steph Curry shit. Uh, so, as we said this before, four years ago, Sin has unlocked some of our archives to put it out there as empirical proof, evidence, no Cassie. 
But we did say one of the twin dragons, one of the twin dragons that will fall first will be Puppy. <coughs> the other twin dragon will either get in line or he will fall himself. That is Jay-Z. Damn. That's why everybody in the industry is quiet. Go ahead. Remember now, the brunches, when we think about the brunches, who do we think about? Puffy and Hovey, baby. Okay. Now I had no idea. I had to. I actually had to look this shit up. This is how out of the loop I am, right? I'm like, what fucking summits are they talking about, right? So, you know, Diddy kind of had that representation or that reputation at that one time of wanting to promote black excellence. So he had a bunch of boule, black boule ass niggas, black fucking. Negro slave master niggas, right? Fucking Negro slave master niggas. Um, dressing in nice suits. And, you know, really some black Illuminati shit. There's no other way to put it. You know, typically I would shy away from using that term, but it is some black Illuminati shit. And it's like, well, what does all this shit mean now? The people that everybody looked at or was supposed to look at in the black community for black excellence is a, um, a rapist, allegedly. So now you got to ask yourself, if I'm Jay-Z and I have been seen in all of these pictures with this crazy Scorpio nigga, Damn. I'm a Scorpio, so I know how it can get. And then I got all of these other allegations floating out there. All of them have allegations, ladies and gentlemen. The money makes it go away. The transit brings it forward. Damn. You got to go to Dummies Cauldron about that, though. Got to go listen to Sincere and, and be more on that one. See, humans only have so much power. This is the, this is the ego with men. The ego with men is, that bitch Cassie can't do shit to me. <laughs> you sure you want to go with that? And, and look at this, you all, just to say this, this tells you how much of a shakedown this is. And look, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. The, the dog in this fight for me is if everybody's out the picture. I'm tired of them. I, I'm tired of I'm tired of millennials double crossing their day ones with each other. I, I'm tired of independent creators thinking that they have to fuck over their business partners to get in the room with L.A. Reid. Jeez. Just to get touched. Yo, yo, all right. Another one they need to lock up is Dwight Howard, but that's another story. Whoa. I'm gonna leave that alone. But I'm I'm tired. I'm 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 long tired of it. When Diddy came out there with that nigga Bart Simpson haircut for that ugly album. Oh, stop. I knew it was over. Stop. This was the weakest, yo. most impotent album. I'll go get Cameron to say pause on that one because I don't I don't care about that. But this was the weakest, this was, a, this was the most spiritually weakest album that Diddy had ever delivered. So, here's the thing. If you notice, pay attention to all the occultism that's going on here. Because mm. these lawyers are occulted too. Mm. The claim that when Cassie laid down this, this smack of, when she laid down a people's elbow, right? Well, isn't it a day before Kim Porter's death anniversary? Damn. How is it the same 
year Keefe D is being locked up and brought forward, Keefe D goes down. Cassie, a day to Kim Porter's death anniversary, files this particular information. Then all this stuff happens to Diddy. But again, Thought Crimes was crazy. We, we was called the conspiracy guys. We the conspiracy guys on some Drake shit, right? We the conspiracy guys. When we said three or four years ago, there's twin dragons over hip hop. The first one to fall will be Puff Daddy. Damn. And seven years ago, when we put out there to send dusties of hip hop. Damn. The Sanduskies and Hip Hop. was at the club. Yo. In a, in a musty Jerome <laughs> coat. We had, and, and, and I'm not trying to be funny. I, I think it had to do with a lot of the black guys and girls from the 90s that grew up with his music. Y'all was the most antagonizing, but I got my roast. And I've said this before, bro. Yo, shout out to this brother. Whoever this brother is, I gotta find the name of this brother. But yo. I said this shit before, right? Like, yo. All right. So what you pretty much have, right, is I forgot it's Christmas time. So now Santa Claus is riding around. This shit happened last year, I think. Scared the fuck out of me last year when it happened because I, I, I did not know what the fuck was going on. Yes, we have Santa Claus. We got Santa Claus thugging it out. We got we got police. We got everything going on. Um, but yeah, I brought this shit up before. We're like, all right. Matter of fact, hold up, hold up, hold up. Game is impeccable for y'all. I love y'all, but y- y'all know I was cooking on y'all. <clears throat> Millennials, people like people in this era who ain't all that attached to R. Kelly. They say I believe it. All right, yeah, I was talking about this before with R. Kelly and, like, the listeners of R. Kelly are all, like, like irresponsible-ass women. Like, that's really what it is. A bunch of irresponsible, mindless-ass bitches that support R. Kelly. You know, they don't care if he did it or not. If the nigga was touring, these hoes would be out here buying tickets and throwing stank-ass panties on the stage. I said, why you believe a nigga? Well, you know, the reptilians run the world. Okay, I get you. <laughs> and then what did TMZ do two days later? And then here come people in our conversation. Oh, my God, Dr. Ram, y'all was right. TMZ, T- okay, I know the white man had to validate our opinion. That's what's wrong with the, 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 the black media. Let's be real. They don't value black media. Y'all saw Jada up there canceling trips with black American media. This is the part where I disagree with. And I think the reason why black people feel they got to represent black media is because they're black. So it's the idea that, well, you're black. So, you know, your message should be made for black people. And it's like, nigga, my message should be made for whoever the fuck my message is intended to be made to. Y'all Negroes don't have any fucking creative thought. A lot of Negroes will just sit back. And, and, and tell a motherfucker how something should be done, but they got no action, no activity going on themselves. It's a fucking joke to, to even listen to these people and what these people got to say about others, but they don't got shit going on themselves. 
I don't play the black media games. I don't play the black red pill games. I don't play the black YouTube games. I don't play the black MGTOW games. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. And I always say this about certain black content creators because there's certain black content creators who will single themselves out from others because they represent the black space. <clears throat> Realistically, you're going to have more white people supporting you than black people. Unless you are excluding others for the sake of black news and black information, you essentially get what you put in. You're aiming your news and information to many people who don't give a fuck about news and information. (laughs) She canceled on Tavis Smiley. But she went and had that boring ass interview with the Breakfast Club. Tavis owns his shit. Charlemagne and DJ Envy don't. And that. Alright, let's keep going into. I don't care about Jada. What the fuck I care about? With, with that strag. Let's keep going. We'll skip a little bit more. We're just skipping through this because this shit's funny as hell to me. So Cassie came out and said what she said. She put the, her lawyers put that information out and they attacked the institutions as well. Then some of these, I, I guess whatever's left over the red pill shit. Uh-oh. Right? Some of the some of the guys came. I don't know what I listen, I don't follow none of you niggas. Y'all weird. All I know is that it don't sound like you like women. And I just can't be, I cannot be in the same building. And right there, I remember listening to this and laughing because it's always a guy. like, And this guy got like, I guess his woman or whoever he's with in the background, kind of like mirroring what he's saying and, and just saying random dumb shit. It's always these type of guys. Like, it's the one guy who rarely gets pussy, but when he got that one woman, he stayed with that one woman, and when he listens to dudes in in that talking space, he can't understand it because he don't realize he's a simp. You know what I mean? It's only a matter of time. If you go around and saying that everybody is weird and everybody is this and that, well, people are going to start looking at you like, well, what are you talking about? czars and all this other crazy shit like to me it just sounded like an angry a typical angry black man with an angry black woman perpetuating in the background hate to say it but that's that's just my personal opinion and so like guys like me who i understand what he means by that because a lot of guys aren't really i think i think it's an easy talking point for a guy but at the same time he sounds like a bitch. He sounds like something that this what he just said is something that women would say. Oh, these guys just don't like women. Insinuating that they're gay. Insinuating that they're weird. You know, questioning a man's sexuality. As weird as that sounds, like that's gay. Like that to me, that's weird. You worrying about what the next man is doing and what the next man's complaining about as a man is pretty fucking weird. Right? And I like, I, when I was listening to this, I was like, yo, where is this shit even coming from? Like, that's, that's when I realized, like, yo, the red pill is just a modern day punching bag. The red pill is a modern day punching bag. Simps and guys who want to placate the bitches, they can talk shit about them. They can talk shit about the manosphere, 
They can talk shit about Kevin Samuels. They can talk shit about Fresh and Fit, although Fresh and Fit are bums. You know, they can talk about these people and aim that focus on the entire red pill. When there's guys, that's when I had to, that's when I had to just stop fucking with it because cer- certain people were tied in to the red pill that I just did not care for, did not agree with. You know what I mean? And I was tired of the same usual suspects being placed at the so-called forefront of this red pill shit. The president, the godfather, you know, all these titles for what? That being said, a detractor who's kind of going here, there and everywhere to me, I mean, niggas like this, this is just people who are reaching, right? It's like, you're just going anywhere just to try to find an opponent. Like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like going into like a martial arts dojo. You just kick down the door and say, I want to fight, you know, the most skillful person. You know what I mean? And a motherfucker hands you your ass, pause, because you weren't well prepared. You're just looking at things two-dimensional. This is the problem with these two-dimensional Negroes. <clears throat> you know, the so-called white man is the devil type of Negroes. These Negroes are their worst enemies. That's the reality. The so-called African-Americans are, in fact, their worst enemies. The communities, the crimes, and the destruction of each community speaks for itself. You let these shiftless niggas tell you who's the enemy. It's no it's no better than letting a white man, letting a white woman tell you, the liberal media tell you who's the white man, what white man is racist. The white man that's pointing out racism 24-7 is the fucking racist. There's no other way to put it. You don't even hear people on the right talk about race like that all the time. It's those on the left who want to control that narrative. This is the same thing I said about like dudes like O'Shea, uh, Duke Jackson, right? Decent content creator, but because he aims everything and now he considers himself Pan-African, which is even more of a reason why people won't listen to him. Not only will white people listen to you, but black people won't listen to you because not all black people are Pan-African. But the problem with these Negroes is they expect everybody to get in the formation like this is a fucking team. I don't need none of you Negroes as teammates. I don't need none of you Negroes as allies, respectfully, because a lot of niggas is only out here for self anyway. Very selfish, very destructive, self-destructive and ego driven, ego driven because it's going to be a fight. Yes. She said uh, it was a bisexual man telling other men how to feel about women in the culture. So, and even and even dumber, he kind of just piggy, like, let me skip some of this. <laughs> Shit is funny. Like, hearing random guys, like especially, like, guys like this talk about the red pill, it's comical. Because I remember, like, I brought this up before with academics. Academics had this stream. Because he was going back and forth. Now now that I can remember, academics was going back and forth with Rolo Tomasi. Rolo Tomasi's a bum. You know what I mean? He doesn't represent 
the youth in terms of the red pill today. It doesn't represent that. I would I would put I would put Tate more in that position than somebody like Rolo Tomasi. But Rolo Tomasi is cool with fresh and fit because, you know, two griffs together flock like a like a feather, you know what I mean? Or two 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 griffs of a feather flock together, right? So, you know, the griftosphere is assembled, right? It's like the griftos, it's the griftosphere Avengers, right? These people are snakes, snake oil salesmen at best. But all these guys get together. Donovan Sharp, he's a cuck. He, he's, he's another cuck. He, he, he kind of like assembles with them. They all, you know, I don't know what they do. Circle jerk. I don't know what these guys do respectfully. Um, but they're very weird people. They're weirdos. And, um, these are supposed to be red pill content creators. Immediately, I'm saying to myself, this is definitely not my, this is not, this isn't a, a circle of people I would want to be involved in at all in life. Unless there was like $2 million. If, if I were to get $2 million to stand around these fucking weirdos, I, I would, I would play the role. But other than that, like you, you couldn't even, no way you're going to pay me 200000 to be next to these guys. I'm going to at least need at least seven figures. At least. Do not let them distract you from the fact that, ladies and gentlemen, Puff Daddy has more pen- A 17-year-old? GR'd. Gang raped. Now, y'all laughed at us when we say, hey, man, if R. Kelly go to jail, there's going to be some more people falling down. Yikes. Remember that, sin? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? They putting hits out on each other. Damn. They setting each other up. Did you hear some of the story? Did you read some of the reports concerning Diddy? All right. So first things first. I Papa freaks all the honeys, dummies, Playboy bunnies, and those wanting money. Let me stop. R.I.P. to Biggie. Speaking of Biggie, it's funny because I was just about to mention this. Nothing funny about it, actually. There's more speculation about Diddy having something to do with Biggie being killed. And then other people pointed it out. And I'm not saying this, but this was pointed out by Gene Dill, said that... um, both, both Lil C's and Diddy ran when the shooting happened. They ran, and it's almost looked at in the sense to where they knew something was going to happen prior to it happening or whatever. They ducked when the shooting happened, and then they immediately ran. Not knowing if that's true or not, I just figured that that should be worth mentioning. Um. The talk of the town right now for Tupac, people will already know that, of course, Keefe D um, and nephew Orlando and a couple other guys from the Southside Crips has something to do with Tupac getting shot. But many people are starting to speculate. And this came from a Warren G interview, I believe, with Drink Champs, um, where he was bringing up this possibility that Snoop had direct line to these niggas, the Southside Crips, 
And when Pac was shot, he had one of the, I think how Warren G pointed it out, it was like one of those old school Nextels, like one of the chirp phones, but from back then he had one of those. And it was alleged that he had gotten verification on Pac dying. Who knows if that's true? What is true is the fact that Snoop and Pac were beefing at the time that Tupac got shot. You hear that people said they were about to be sacrificed? Damn. Go ahead. Some of this stuff, right? And they all they all sit on Breakfast Club knowing that they were at the same party where they just saw somebody crack some woman's teeth in. That they crack some man's skull on the concrete. They go have an interview the next day. So, so tell us about uh, what it was like to work with Biggie. But then you don't listen to the women because what did Lil' Kim say about Biggie Smalls? So go look it up on the internet. The internet. Lil' Kim said that one time she had a, a recording session and Biggie walked in and she said he just slapped the dog shit out of her. She said the headsets flew across the studio. She said, yeah, Biggie used to kick her ass all the time. Tango down. Right? Didn't Gene Deal say on the Art of Dialogue? This is the level of the conspiracy with this ne- these Negroes. Mm. They all got these crazy stories and these secrets. Again, mm. look at Wale being hung out the window. Mm. And, 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 and Wale, this is why people clown him. Now, Wale, there's video. Y'all can go look at it still on YouTube today. All right, I'm going to stop it there because we're already getting close. I didn't think I was going to do a full episode, but I guess I did a full episode because it's already close to 40-something minutes to the hour. What did I do last time? Probably under an hour, right? No. I did an hour and uh, one minute. But, yeah. <clears throat> we went over the, uh, the Wale situation. You know, that's crazy. We have not heard from Wale since. That's all I'm going to say about that. Look at Kid Cudi. Next time, the, the next time you brothers and sisters seen Kid Cudi, this Negro had a fucking dress on. Nigga had a fucking dress on. Guess, and guess what show he was on? SNL. What's up with SNL, by the way? What's up with y'all people? What's going on with y'all? Y'all love, y'all love Negroes and dresses, don't y'all? Am I, t- am I going too far here? You Negroes really love putting dresses. Well, maybe I should put it like that. That makes more sense. Let's have some accountability, people. You Negroes really love putting on dresses and going on SNL, huh? Apparently. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, boy, man. It's almost quarter to eight. Getting ready to finish the eight and hit the gate. I actually have Call of Duty queued up, so I'm thinking about actually going home. So I'm going to upload this episode tomorrow morning. I'm going to go home, turn on my Xbox, play Modern Warfare 3, the campaign. And I'm going to make sure the next time I go on here, which will be like tomorrow noon. That's the goal for now on. 
especially Thursday and Friday. I still got to see what's going on Friday. I think I'm going to come in here a little bit earlier. I might actually punch in at like 1 o'clock, dead ass, 1.30, something like that. Get out of here by 9.30. <clears throat> but, you know, the holidays is coming up and all that dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Only thing that I'm really excited about is the week that I have off. Of course, starting with Christmas, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think I think they might I think they might have me in Thursday and Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Might be. I gotta find out for sure. But um Yeah. As I always say, I don't even know the people like like I said, this is just a random ass episode nothing organized i don't i don't know one person responsible for any of the content fair use by the way i mean this is some real life nigga shit but it is what it is man all right this is jersey judah with another episode another unorganized edition of the crimson capsule chapel and i'm signing out peace